Hi, and welcome to Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. My name is Ruth Haley Barton, founder of the Transforming Center, and I'm here with Steve Weens, senior pastor of Genesis in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Steve is also a Transforming Community alum, which means we have spent time laughing, growing, and being transformed in the presence of Christ in community with other leaders. Thanks, Ruth. And I want to let you know we appreciate the great response we've had to the first four seasons of the podcast. And we would love to bring more seasons and expand what we're doing with the podcast. But all those things take financial resources. So if you've enjoyed the podcast, we invite you to become a monthly patron of the podcast by going to patreon.com and searching for Strengthening the Soul of your leadership podcast. Steve, what is Patreon? I don't even know what that is. Oh my gosh, you're such a Luddite. (laughs) Just enlighten me, please. Patreon is a great way that people who listen to you and who love the Ministry of Transforming Center and who've gotten things out of this podcast to be able to give $2 a month, $5 a month or more, and they get they get bonus content from you, Ruth, that no one else gets. Exclusive <laughs> Wonderful. bonus content. There's no downside to that, is there? There is no, no downside. downside. So go to patreon.com, everybody. Search for Ruth Haley Barton or Strengthen the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. And please join us by becoming a monthly patron. Folks, episode three of Invitation to Solitude and Silence The title is Resistance, and I think this is a really important one. Elijah was uh, forced, sort of, into silence and solitude because his life was in danger after defeating the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And while most of us, hopefully, aren't in that kind of danger, Ruth... um, (laughs) We are in danger, though, Steve, I can tell (laughs) you. We're in deep danger. Um, But when we choose to enter into solitude and silence... We're, we're, we're met with a very real resistance. Mm-hmm. So can, can you talk more about what that is and how we can move through it? Yeah. Well, I think many of us feel this longing. Anytime anybody writes or talks about solitude and silence or retreat these days, I think everybody feels the pull to it because we all know that we're distracted to death or that we're in danger of really being distracted to death. And I think many of us are concerned about our attention spans. We're concerned that we're not hearing from God. We're concerned that we're out of touch with what's going on in our souls. We're concerned that our relationships are suffering because of the phone sitting between us on the table all the time. So we know this now. There's no question about it. Um, And at the same time, though, when it comes time to actually entering in, everything in us rises to say, no, I can't do that. And so it's what I call the push-pull phenomenon, which is, I think, one of the most important things to be able to pay attention to in the spiritual life, that when you feel the push-pull, when there's a part of you that's drawn and another part of you that wants to run away, that is the place where God is at work. Okay. And so if you're feeling the push-pull, just know that it's normal and also know that it probably means that God is at work trying to draw you into these practices of solitude and silence. So I think it's important to be able to observe and to witness your resistance and to see it as not being something to be ashamed of, but just see it as a signal that God is at work and that if you can push through your resistance, it is going to be worth it. Um, But it takes courage. I think it takes courage to push through some of the fears and anxieties many of us have about solitude and silence these days because we're just not used to it. No. And 
we tend to order our lives in in, in ways that we're so busy mm-hmm. and necessary right. and you know that if, if we pull away something's mm-hmm. going to fall apart right and it might yeah or the fomo you know this fear yeah. of missing out like what am i going to be missing out on and i i have to tell you i feel very badly for young the younger kids who right now probably the truth is that they will and that their friendship, their friends will just go on without them. Yeah. Um, we don't need to talk about that because we're talking about you and me today, but there is the fear that if I go off the grid mm-hmm. for too long, I might miss out on some opportunity. You know, I might miss out on things my friends are doing together. I might miss out on the big news. I mean, here's the truth. I was on retreat. I was at a retreat center on nine 11. Wow. So, and it was before cell phones. Mm-hmm. So that means that we were all there and none of us had any way of finding it out. And so we did not find out about it until several hours into it. So, wow. I mean, there is a real fear. There is a legitimate fear and concern that we might miss out on big news, you know, or whatever. Um, and yet, it I think it brings us to the point too of saying, but is the state of my soul, is my relationship with God, is my desire to hear from God, is my desire for intimacy with God more important than anything I could miss out on? Wow. Yeah. You know, one of the stories of Moses uh, that that fascinates me is when he goes up on the mountain for 40 Mm -hmm. days and he comes down and everyone's worshiping the golden calf. Mm -hmm. You know, so like things did fall apart. They they really did. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't good. Right. Now, should he have not gone away? Absolutely not. He absolutely should have gone away. Mm -hmm. So I think that's even a lesson for us is that like, there's a little uh, genie in the bottle kind of way mm-hmm. that we can look at God. Where, well, if I accept God's invitation right. to solitude and silence, God's going to take care mm-hmm. of every detail of my life, whether it's okay or not. And it's like, that's yeah. not actually how it works. I right. mean, things might fall apart. Yeah. But you're still, you're choosing to value that which has the greatest value in your life. And sometimes that is what it comes down to. And that's how we push through the resistance is exactly. by getting in touch once again with the deepest desire, the deepest value of our lives. The nearness of God is my greatest good. Um, this relationship matters enough to me that I'm willing to give it my undivided attention. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when we, when I go into solitude and silence, in addition to the, the monkey mind distracting thoughts, mm-hmm. there, there's really baggage that I, that I, mm-hmm. that I bring with me. Yeah. Um, and, it makes it hard for me to receive the love I think that God wants mm-hmm. to give. So help us navigate that one. Yeah. Well, I think that's a wonderful observation and something for us all to pay attention to. And that is, what is our baggage? What yeah. is our experience with silence and solitude, for instance? You know, in some families, when you know a parent was angry or whatever, they would give them the silent treatment. Yeah. So there's something about silence that feels frightening. Oh, they're withholding Punishing. their love from me. I'm being punished in this silence. So that's one thing that can happen for us. Um, depending on your ethnic, ethnicity and culture, like in the black church, for instance, the sign that the Holy Spirit is at work is that we're ramping it up and mm-hmm. there's lots of noise mm-hmm. and there's lots of hooping it up. When the preacher is preaching, you know, then mm-hmm. the sign that the Holy Spirit is active and present is that people are affirming. And so if we're from you know, a milieu where silence means that the Holy Spirit has departed, then, then it's very hard for me to face into silence. Um, in the silence to really feel my sense of insecurity or my sense of not being enough or my wonderments about whether or not I'm really loved, you know, all of these are things that we experience and are more in touch with in the silence because we're not distracting ourselves. 
Um, I think in our culture now, we're probably a little bit ADD. All of us are because we're so used to being pulled in three different directions at once all the time. So to be silent is just the most unusual experience and we're just not comfortable with it. So I think there's all sorts of real baggage that can go along with the practice of solitude and silence that we need to pay attention to and really confront. This, I remember a time, this is not entering into silence and solitude, but I was invited to be prayed for Mm -hmm. by someone that had prophetic, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was so, I didn't want to, I was so resistant. And I I think it would have been okay for me to say no. Mm So, but, so I struggled for three or four days and then I finally did mm-hmm. it and, and what came out, I, I was loved by God right. so beautifully, Yeah. but what came out was I was afraid it, mm-hmm. that if God was going to talk to me through this yeah. prophetic voice, God was going to use that opportunity mm-hmm. to punish me. Right. And this was at a time, I mean, this was not that long ago. Right. I mean, this, mm-hmm. Like, so there's something, some of the baggage mm-hmm. is if we open up our space to be mm-hmm. talked to from God. Yeah. What is God going to say? We're going to really? get a talking to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. Um, and wow. I mean, that's real. I mean, mm-hmm. if it's real for me, I think it's real for a lot of right. people. Well, and I think we have another place of the push pull is that on the one hand, we're afraid that if we create this space, God might not show up right. for us. So that's a fearsome thought. What will it mean about God? What will it mean about me? What will it mean about these practices and whether or not I'm good at them? If I show up and create this space and God does not speak, God does not come to me, you know, that, that might even feel a little bit like rejection or disillusionment. But on the other hand, as you said, what if God does speak? And then we're afraid that God might judge us or that God might guide us in a way that we don't want to go. Like, what if God's guidance to me is that I'm supposed to take some risks that I'm not ready to take? Yeah. There's all sorts of concern that we have that can create resistance. Um, very different from a sense of being with a loving God, yeah. though. You know, yeah. that if I give myself to this, if I open myself to this, that God's going to love me. Wow, we don't. Yeah. We're not all convinced that Mm-mm. that's going to be the case. That's fascinating mm-hmm. and troubling. Mm-hmm. So uh, you 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 write about this in this chapter, and I love it. Um, but can you talk about how you share your concerns and anxieties with God yeah. as you're about mm-hmm. to, like before you enter right. into solitude and silence, you you have a moment where mm-hmm. you go, okay, now I, right. I got to name some things. Mm-hmm. Well, the first time I remember when I was going to a, an extended period of retreat where I knew that we would have, I think it was going to be 36 hours of silence. And I had never experienced that much silence. I had done shorter stints, but not not such a long one. And um, on this, in this particular case, I was flying to go to this retreat where we were going to be doing this. And I'd gotten my childcare all lined up because I had young children at the time and I got myself all packed. And there I was, you know, I cleared my work schedule and there I was at the airport ready to go. But I was overcome with fear. And I'm telling you, if I didn't have the flight schedule, I am sure that I would have turned around and run home. And so I just started listing my fears to God while I was sitting there. You know, I was afraid I was going to be bored. I was afraid I wouldn't sleep very well. I was afraid I wouldn't like the food. I was afraid that I'd miss my family so much I wouldn't be able to stand it. You know, I was afraid of not having choice, you know, to go home if I wanted to. Like, yeah. I was just afraid and afraid and afraid. And so what I did on, on in the airport getting ready to get on that flight was to just journal about my fears. And um, I encourage people to do this on retreat. And you've been with me on retreat, so you probably remember the trust envelope. Oh, yeah where on the first retreat that we do together in Transforming Community, um, we actually give people an envelope marked trust with a slip of paper. And on the one side, we invite them to write 
the fears and concerns that they have about the people that they're leaving behind and the situations, the cares and concerns that they're still carrying to actually write those down on the piece mm-hmm. of paper. And then on the other side to write down the fears and concerns that I have for myself yeah. as I enter and, you know, God, I'm afraid you're not going to show, show up for me. God, I'm, I'm afraid you will show up and say things I don't want to <laughs> hear. You know, uh, I'm afraid I'll have to face my emptiness. I'm afraid I'm going to feel unloved. So to just write out the things that we're afraid of. So two sides of mm-hmm. this slip of paper and then put those in the envelope marked trust Mm -hmm. as a symbol of the fact that we are going to trust God with our cares and concerns for others and also with our fears and anxieties about ourselves. And actually in our retreats, because we do fixed our prayer, we actually invite people to bring those concerns that those envelopes to the altar and leave them at the altar as we enter into our first time of solitude and silence. And it sounds really contrived and almost um, infantile, but People say time and time again how important that exercise is because when they become ambushed again with their fears, they say, oh, but wait a second. I put that in the trust envelope. I place that on the altar, which is a symbol of giving it to God. I'm not going to pick it back up. I'm going to keep trusting. And so uh, those those are the real experiences of, of resistance as we enter. And, and, and it's something concrete you can do about it, um, especially early on in your practice. You can actually do it concretely. Later on, you'll be able to do it a little bit more metaphorically. I love that you have us take it to the altar. Mm-hmm. There's something sacramental about that. Yes. That I think is important. Mm-hmm. Like we need to know God hears, yeah. God cares. Right. Every anxiety, every concern, maybe it seems sort of infantile to us or small or like, oh gosh, I can't believe mm-hmm. I'm worried about that. And then we're going to meet this God who has mm-hmm. a loving concern about that. Yeah in a way that is so beautiful. And yeah. so I, I think it, it is a very, and I, I remember the first time I did that with on the Transforming Community Retreat, but it's also entered into just um, other, I have, I have a box at home mm-hmm. right now that I, I just, I slip things into mm-hmm. that, that, I'm, that I'm concerned about or people that I, yeah. I'm in conflict with. You know, it's like, okay, Lord, help, help me. Help me hold this. Yeah. And one of the reasons we call these practices is because we need to practice. So a lot of times with the spiritual life, we make it this heady, ethereal Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And we don't realize that for the human being who lives in a material world in a body, that concreteness can make a difference. So the concrete practice, the concrete act of writing things down, putting them in an envelope, taking them to an altar, that's how we practice things that we want to have become true within us. We practice them in our bodies to learn how to do them. And this is one of the concrete things we can do to help us learn how to do this very spiritual thing, which is, you know, give our cares and concerns to God. Which is, I think, why the Eucharist is what mm-hmm. the Eucharist is. Yes. Jesus mm-hmm. knew that we were going to need something tangible, yes, physical. To do. To do, mm-hmm. to connect with him. Right. And so we have this yes. meal. Yeah. It's and so to connect with each other, by the way. Yes. To experience our unity with each other, yes. even when we're fighting, even though, when, even when we're all messed up. Communion has to do with practicing our oneness and our togetherness, even when we're broken. And it's not uniting mm-hmm. on points of theolo- That's right. theological mm-hmm. agreement. Yeah, exactly. It's uniting on the meaning. Yeah, so even when we disagree on something, we do this practice that reminds us of our unity. Ruth, you have walked many people through retreat, especially in the transforming communities. So uh, talk about what you do when you sort of can see mm-hmm. the resistance, maybe yeah. even on certain yeah. people or in certain people. Yeah, I can all I can often see it. And mm-hmm. a lot of times it's um, 
you know, somebody will be sitting back in their chair. They might have their legs crossed. They might have their arms crossed. And so I can see that they're actually resisting and almost saying to me, okay, prove it to me. Like I can feel that. Prove it to me that this stuff is Christian. Prove it to me that we really need this. (laughs) Prove it to me that I, as an important leader, really needs to do this. I mean, I've seen that in people's faces. And what's so lovely about it all is that usually those end up being the people that God ambushes with God's presence. Mm. It happens time and time again where God will meet that person in the most intimate, personal way. So what's nice for me is that I don't worry about it anymore. Uh, when I see resistance on people as I'm moving into moving them into solitude, I just don't worry about it because I know that God's faithful and that God wants us so much and that um, God has such good things in store for people that he will lead them into the goodness that their hearts mm-hmm. are seeking. So it's, it's been an exercise in trust for me though. Cause at first I sort of felt like I had something to prove. Like if this oh, is yeah. my topic, um, this is the thing that I'm trying to lead here. And when you resist, you're resisting me personally. Mm-hmm. So I've had to grapple with that and wrestle with that at times and not take it personally. But God's goodness to people regularly and routinely has really released me from having to feel any sense of responsibility from for what people will or will not experience because God is really good. And the truth of it is that if we have any desire at all for God, then we know that that's a sign that God's already at work within us, drawing us to himself. And that um, our desire doesn't even originate with us. It originates with God and it's up to God to use desire in each one of our lives to draw us to himself and to know when the time is right. So that's the other thing is that there is a certain readiness for this. Usually someone has to have sort of used up everything else Mm -hmm. to have the kind of desperation that it takes to enter into this kind of opening up to God. So if somebody's not ready, then that's God's to deal with, not mine. That I and I would imagine that that just that movement in you mm-hmm. even opens up greater space for you know people. I to, hope so. You know, yeah. Um, I I just yeah I I, I know that it does mm-hmm. because um, it, it's I remember how nervous I was. Mm-hmm. So my, my many first people retreat. are nervous. Yes, I I I was like I came late because mm-hmm. my flight was late. Yeah. And I didn't know where my retreat center was. And I had my, I remember having my mm-hmm. suitcase. And so I think it might have been Tom yeah. helped me. Mm-hmm. Like just, hey, it's okay. You're going to be all right. So, like he could mm-hmm. see the anxiety on yeah. my face. And I, I'm, I'm going to take your bag. Mm-hmm. It's going to be over there yeah. for you. <laughs> That's Dinner right. is just That's right, right down there. Let me take and, you. Know, you. I just wanted to suck yeah. my thumb. <laughs> Here you are, you know, an accomplished um, pastor, but the the idea of solitude, silence, and retreat just you know sends you into your deepest fears and anxieties. But I think that's part of it mm-hmm. when we enter into, especially a, a retreat on yeah. this, and you're going to do nine mm-hmm. retreats on something mm-hmm. you have no competency yeah. in. It is that yeah. is a freak show. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is something <laughs> to be nervous about. Yeah. But then pretty soon, and, and so one of my friends even, um, Charlie, who we, who we both know and love, he told me many, many months mm-hmm. later, oh man, when I first saw you, you were a wreck. Mm-hmm. Like I could, I could tell, I didn't even yeah. know you. Right. But so he was seeing <laughs> Somebody help the me. boy, you know. Yeah, someone please <laughs> help, help the brother. <laughs> and I was, I mean, no lie. Uh, um, so 
is there anything more you want to say about resistance, what we do about that? Because there's so many layers to this. Yeah, well, I think that the important thing is to be able to return to desire for one thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you were able to do that for yourself, by yourself, but I know that that I, when I, when I brought the group in, I encouraged us all to go back to what was it that caused you to sign up for this in the first place? What is it that's been drawing you? And go back to that and let that desire deepen within you. Go back to what it is that that kind of sprang up within you to say yes to this thing and remember what you wanted. So I think that's one thing is let your desire carry you. That's why desire is so important. It can carry us through the resistance. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I think is just so important is to return to this issue of trust. Do I trust God with the cares and concerns I'm leaving behind? Do I trust God with myself? Do I trust God to give me good things in this and to try to lean into trust, even if it feels counter to everything that is going on inside, try to lean into trust in a loving God and also the great cloud of witnesses who have practiced this discipline before you um, and have encountered God in the midst of this practice. Trust that, that God wants to be with you in that way as well. As you were saying that about trust, uh, the thought came into my mind, trust is just about the most paradoxical mm-hmm. thing that we can encounter because it's different than belief. Yeah. You know, it's not a mental ascent. Mm-hmm. It's an actual leap. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a falling. Mm-hmm. It's a, and if, you know, it's that moment where you go, okay, yeah. if, if, if someone doesn't catch me here, right. I will get hurt. Right. That's right. trust. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same with intimacy in any relationship. There's a moment in a dating relationship or a marriage relationship or in any growing relationship where you take another step Mm -hmm. in trust, where you're willing to be vulnerable again and see if that person will receive you and accept you. And that's the leap that we're taking. When you talk about a leap, it's a leap into uh, intimacy. Mm -hmm. It's a leap into vulnerability. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a leap into relationship at a deeper level. And that's what this represents. Well, so it's no wonder we feel resistance. Exactly. It's no wonder. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's this is a yes. risky thing we're trying to exactly. do. Exactly. Exactly. And I think I think it's important to name that mm-hmm. to all the people that are listening. Right. So um, would you lead us through a practice? Yes, absolutely. So again, if you are driving, you may want to pull over. Um, and in this case, maybe just so you can jot a few things down. That's what I'm, I'm hoping you might be able to do in this practice. So today, as you take another step into solitude and silence, let's breathe for a moment. Um, get in touch with what's true with us. I think sometimes one of the most beautiful ways to begin solitude is just to say the truest thing you know how to say to God. And so today, maybe to notice your own experience of this push-pull phenomenon. As you're quiet today and as you're willing to be truthful with God, have you noticed resistance? Is there anything in you that's pushing you away from solitude or keeping you from entering in? Be honest about that. And then as you're honest about that and willing to maybe even jot down a few things about what your resistance feels like, Take a moment to do that. God, I find myself resisting because, and then just let it rip. And it might even surprise you what is resistant within you. Especially as a Christian leader, you might feel that 
you're beyond questions about trust in God. That you believe all the right things. So why are you resisting? So just notice what's true for you. But then also notice your desire. What is pulling you towards solitude right now? the cares and concerns that you need to trust to God notice the anxieties that you have where you might need to trust yourself more fully to God but then go down deeper into your desire notice what's pulling you and drawing you and trust that that is God drawing you to himself and see if you can't trust him more deeply with what concerns you and with your very self. Are you brave enough to really own your desire in God's presence right now? God, what I most want from you right now is, God, what I most need from you right now is, what I'm longing for right now is. And then let that desire carry you through your resistance into your time alone with God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. We know there are thousands of podcasts to choose from, and we are grateful you spent the last 30 minutes with us. If God has stirred something in you about your own leadership experience, maybe God is inviting you to begin your own journey of leadership transformation. I was a part of Transforming Community Number 6, way back in 2011, and it was such an important part of my spiritual journey. Transforming Community is a practice-based spiritual formation journey with nine quarterly retreats. The Transforming Community is designed to integrate your spirituality and leadership, helping you reclaim practices and experiences spiritual seekers down through the ages have used to open themselves to God's transforming work. Also, if you've enjoyed the podcast, we would love to hear from you. And there are three ways that you can respond. One is going to patreon.com, search for Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast, and you can become a monthly patron at various levels. Second is that you can share your favorite episode with friends. And third is you can go onto iTunes and leave a rating and review. To find out more about the Transforming Community Experience or to apply, go to transformingcenter.org. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. May your love be shown. May your